What's going on, guys? I'm Roham Carrion. I am your host with Born to Hustle Podcast. Right now, my guest is going to be Joe Gomez. He is the CEO and founder of Jack Enterprises, which is a holding and management company. Joe, I appreciate so much coming into the podcast. I know that you've been waiting for quite some time, and I appreciate your patience. We've been working a lot, and um, I am. Well, let's just get started. What is Jack Enterprises, and what do you mean by holding a management company? Well, Rahim, thank you so much for allowing me to come and be a great guest on your show. Um, it's an honor to be here with you today. Um, Jag Enterprises is a company that helps other small businesses launch. And in that, in return, what we do is take uh, some private equity in those companies as well. Um, it's a, a company that is what we like to call creative companies. So we, we look for, for, for companies or startups that are in the creative industry, uh, whether that be, you know, the arts, um, fashion, music, theater, uh, culinary arts, um, you know, anything that's in that creative realm. We like to, to, to um, help them propel to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And now, the more I look at into your business, it seems that it's more than just a holding company. I feel like you got like a whole like, like basically like an empire. Like you do more than one hat. Like and, and I do wear makes, a lot of hats. Yeah, like, which makes sense. Every single business owner, is something that I talk about this podcast, that we normally wear all the hats. And as long as we stay in the house, so eventually we're gonna get and hire, and you know you're not gonna wear all of them. But at the end of the day, the hat never goes away. Like, even if you get yourself a tax manager or whatever, you're still going to be involved in to some degree. Always. Always. And and even if you are no longer the CEO and you're still the founder, you're still going to be involved one way or another. Like, it just never goes away. Maybe the hat is not as large, but it's still there. And uh, But, yeah, like, you doing all that private equity and stuff like that, I mean, what made you want to start getting into, like, how did you get into that? Well, you know, for 23 years, from the age of... 21 um, to the age of 44, I I was in in management of a, of a larger company, uh, working for them and helping that business grow. And uh, when I left and retired from that company, I spent a couple of years traveling, hitting the reset button, kind of finding what I wanted to do next. And that was probably the biggest and and hardest question that I've ever had to answer to myself was, what do I want to do next with the rest of my life? And um, something came uh, into my head to where I, I just sat down at my kitchen table with, with a piece of paper and a pen, and I wrote my name in the middle of that piece of paper, and I drew a circle around it. And then from that circle, I drew five lines coming out of it, and then drew circles at the end of those lines, and then connected them all. So now I had a wheel with my name in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so I, I challenged myself to, to fill the other five circles around um, with, with things that I had deep passions for in my life. What, what were the things that I absolutely had passion for that I loved, that I wanted to learn more about, um, that I felt that I could excel in? And I came, I came up with the five um, things. You know, one would be uh, finance. Another was the culinary arts. Another one was travel. Another one was art and design. Uh, another one was entertainment. So with those five 
broad subject matters. I told myself every day when I wake up, if I could touch three of those five subject matters, and it didn't matter how small the touch, but in some way touch three of those, then the wheel would move forward because three is larger than two. Mm-hmm. Right. I never actually thought about that. I like so that then comment. every day that I woke up, I tried to touch, you know, whether Google something about a subject matter, make a call, talk to somebody in that industry, whatever it was. Every day I needed to work on three of those five sub of those five categories. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, some days I would only hit two. Well, then the wheel would move back a little bit. But if you always worked on three of the five every day, then that wheel, and then eventually the wheel just picked up momentum and kept going and kept going. Next thing I know, two years later, um, I met my now wife, um, and she was in the modeling industry. And I wanted to, you know, one of the cogs in the wheel was fashion. And so um, it was something that I wanted to get involved with and design a, a clothing line or something like that. So, you know, she was a photographer, a model. She had done some acting. Um, she had done some writing. So she was definitely in the art world. Mm-hmm. And um, that really kind of helped as well move into that space. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And we met in 2019. Uh, the pandemic hit in 2020. And she knew my passion for the culinary arts. So um, at that time, all the restaurants were closed. Yeah, every- and so she told me uh, one day we were in our little town home here in San Antonio, and and she said, "You know, the world may have stopped with the pandemic, but what didn't stop were special occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, things that people wanted to normally go out and celebrate at a restaurant. Well, the restaurants were closed, so we started marketing to our friends and family. Hey, you know, next time somebody has a birthday, we'll go and we'll 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 create the the special dinner in your home." Um, so we, we did that for uh, the second half of 2020, hoping that when things opened up after the pandemic that they would tell their friends and family what a great job I did. Um, so that has morphed into Novum Cuisine, which is my uh, private chef, private dining, in-home dining culinary service where we go in and my staff and I, we create an eight-course fine dining meal in the home. Um, this weekend, we have a dinner in Austin for 15 people and then a dinner here in San Antonio on Saturday for eight people. And then a uh, and then a dinner in on Sunday in New Brunswick for twenty five people. So that Novum Cuisine has really grown um, out of the pandemic and out of us just realizing that there was a there was a need for something like that, a problem to be solved. And it was in one of my five, uh, you know, part of my wheel. Mm-hmm. So we went for it and we created that. And um, from Novum Cuisine, um, by the way, Novum. N-O-V-E-M is the Latin word for nine, and I have nine fingers. So I lost my right index finger in a car accident in 1998. Bro, I didn't even notice that. (laughs) (laughs) Not very many people did. They did a good job. But that is where Novum came from. I I needed a word, needed something that would be personal and that would be close to my heart. And and, um, But I didn't want it to be so obvious, so... uh, I Googled the Latin word for nine one day, and Novum came up, and I said, that's it, that's perfect. What I to be honest, I dude, I'm still shocked. I didn't even notice. <laughs> well, then yeah. again, it's not like I'm paying attention to people's hands, mm-hmm. and it's not like you, you did. You're right. They did such a good job. You actually look smooth. It's not like it stands out or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So. so, 
But, uh, you know, that's how I came up with that. And um, next year, in the first quarter of next year, we'll be changing the name from ja- the, whole comp- the holding company um, uh, from JAG Enterprises to Novum Corp LLC. And Novum Corp will be the name of the holding company that will um, we're going to launch. We have Novum Cuisine right now. Uh, we have a coffee line mm-hmm. called Novum Bean. Um, we're going to uh, launch Novum Live which is going to be the arts and entertainment division, uh, event hosting. Um, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to partner with my wife's company and do production, uh, event production, et cetera. Um, we're going to do um, Novum Capital. Uh, Novum Capital is going to be uh, a lending company that's going to lend to small businesses and startups. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be a whole family of Novum companies under Novum Corp LLC. Yeah, I understand, and I, I and I used to be a finance professional, so I know the entire thing that you're doing. And people call it differently; it can be called like mm-hmm. the Well Metrics. It's one of the most mm-hmm. popular names out there, where you basically have the holding company, and then you have your operating LLCs, and you're basically separating your assets. And it's just a really good strategy. Over number one, accounting and the and, and accounting and and which one call it. It's just going to look a lot more clean when you have things separately based on the line of business compared to having everything into one enterprise. Because mm-hmm. then if you, it's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of business owners do when they want to be everything and then they market themselves as everything. Um, I'll give you another example. I already brought this up before. My brother, he's in, in CNC. And CNC machine shops, if you market yourself as a general CNC machine shop, you're actually going to do a lot worse compared to somebody that says, I specialize in making dyes. I specialize <laughs> in this. I specialize in that. Why? Because realistically, when people are shopping, they're not looking for specific. They're not just looking for the general. They're looking for what they're looking for, a.k.a. their niche. Yeah. That's why you can say, yes, you can say you can do everything, but you realistically need to focus on a niche. That's why the niche is so popular. It's not because... That's the trick of life. No, it's just that unfortunately when people Google stuff, they're Googling for what they need, and that's unfortunately what a niche by definition mm-hmm. is. And you separating those assets is actually the smartest thing you can do, not just because accounting will look beautiful, you know, it will look clean, but I can tell you're already ambitious. I can tell that you guys are definitely looking for ways to grow in ways that not a lot of us get a chance to do so since... Yeah, and I'm very fortunate that I do. Um, you know, I after working 23 years for a company, and um, it gave me probably, you know, I, I don't regret that, working for a company and not being out, you know, on my own as an entrepreneur. But I think that that 23 years of experience really gave me a toolbox with everything that I need to succeed. I believe you. You know, and, and it's um, there are people that want to come straight out of school or or, or they want give it, to give it a shot and... Uh, the best schooling you can learn is on somebody else's dime. Yeah, legit. And I literally, I feel like for 23 years, uh, being in, involved with that company and helping that business grow, uh, I was being paid to learn. And and, and it was the, the best education I could possibly get. I, I, I feel like I have so many skills that I wouldn't otherwise have had I not had that time with that company. Mm-hmm. 1,000% I agree because um, to add on what you just said, um, you got to be a follower before you become a leader. And it's not, it's not a unique saying. But also, and I agree to this as well because I tried to be an entrepreneur right off the bat. My first entrepreneurship journey was when I was 19. And that was through Airbnb when Airbnb was becoming a brand new disruptor. I had no credit. I had no money. And all I did was just borrow the credibility of others and OPM, other people's money. So I, re- I did the hustle early. 
people say, man, that's really good for you. No, man, I really struggled. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was 19, and technically speaking, I didn't know how to work. Like, and that's something you learn by working on other people's dime. Yes, I was in the service, but guess what? The service taught me exactly what it means to be there. It doesn't mean that you actually learn what it means to be an entrepreneur, which is a whole different type of work. Mm-hmm. It is the same way why somebody can be an athlete and you can probably suck at hiking or running because that's not what you condition yourself to do so. Does that make sense? So, in a way, there's nothing wrong being on the, on the nine to five. Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, it was, and I was fortunate in the fact that, um, I had the liberty to, to to do and learn and make the mistakes that I that I made along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, there were some such, so many valuable qualities and, and traits that that I took away from that. That now are, are I mean, first and foremost, time management. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is number one thing I can I can offer to to the listeners is that if you can't manage the time, time's going to manage you. And that is a 1,000%. You have to be a master of, of squeezing everything out of, out of your day and learning where the fat is. And, and that takes a lot of self-reflection and, and a lot of inward looking at yourself going, man, you know, what did I do with the day or what did I do with the week? And, um, and, and it's hard and a lot of people can't look back at themselves and say, man, I wasted a lot of time doing this, you know, BS um, and, and it's hard to do that, but there's a lot of humility that comes with that, that you have to learn, Hey, I'm, I, I need to get better at time management. Um, another great, absolutely best thing that I could have learned also was that there are two things in this world that are free of charge that cost absolutely zero dollars. But if you can master these two things, you'll be far ahead of your competition and that's communication and organization. If you can communicate your message, communicate to your clients, communicate to your partners, if you can communicate well, then that's worth gold. And if you're organized, that's worth gold. So if you can master those two things, learn how to communicate and 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 and, and do it often. So many people I think in this day and age of texting and Instagram messages and Facebook messages and everything, they forget that, you know, oh, well, I left them a message and they'll get back with me. No, follow up, follow up, communicate, communicate, continue to communicate. If you can master that, you'll be you'll be well on your way to success and, and be organized. It doesn't cost any money to be organized. You just have to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in a way, that is the cost. Discipline. Yeah, that is. And, and to be honest with you, we're all victims of it. And the best thing you can do is just manage that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, what works for me is, is a productivity system. It's really, and I actually learned this from my manager once upon a time. Again, it's good to be a follower sometimes. Right. Uh, and she says that it's really easy to, it's really easy to uh, to feel like you're being productive when reality you haven't done anything. It's really easy to be in the moment and feel like you have done events, you have done this, and you have that. So therefore, you have been working when realistically speaking, you weren't working. And the way to combat that is. Actually put stuff in your calendar, actually have a productivity system, and then on top of that, you have to learn how to measure yourself because we get so caught on into our own story. Oh, I, you know, because of this or this happened or I'm following up, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like you got to focus on like what are my performance, what are my objectives, what is my goals, and just focus on that. Mm -hmm. Don't focus on the story because we get so caught on on it. 
and I mean, obviously, I'm not special. You know, I, I get caught on it sometimes. Like, you know, I, I've been going to three networkings a week, you know, three events. And I got some names, but, you know, they're not ready. And because of that, I'm not closing them. It's like it's really easy to focus on the story instead of actually focusing on your goals. And if I would have focused on my goals when I shifted that a little bit, because it's not like a complete shift. Sometimes I still get, you know, it's really easy to get caught on into our own story mm-hmm. of why, you know, instead of actually focusing on the metrics. Ignore the story. It's the same thing with your employees. You get so caught on to, your, to their stories that you forget that at the end of the day, you got to, what are the metrics going to? And, you know, like basically... Again, it's really easy. I don't know how else to describe it because I can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree or disagree when I say I com- this. No, I, I completely agree. And it, in you know, kind of what you're saying is, I I convey this to to others as well. Is that you know what what's the net what's the net benefit of all that stuff that you did? Because mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. Well, I was busy doing this and that, and uh, all day I did this, and all week I did this, and then I said, well, did you have you sat back and and looked at what the net result was of all that? Dude, you know what you reminded me by you saying that? Hmm. So when I used to run the contracting business, it is so easy to feel like you're having a bad day or you're not meeting your metrics. But if you're looking at your law of averages, if you're looking yeah. at your numbers, you actually did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And it's so and, and you know what? That's called human dimensions. You feel like, oh, I had some bad phone calls, and because of that, I didn't feel like it was a really good day. But you closed, let's just say, four people. Or you got at the end of the day, you got appointments. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you get yourself in my in my in my terminology, we call it writing business. At the end of the day, you write a business. Writing business is you gotta sell or something like that. It, you're right about that. You when you said that, you literally click on me when you, when it's so easy. Right. To, and, and you know the 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 net doesn't always have to be you know monetary. Mm-hmm. It's like you said. It's how many people did I meet today, or how many how many touches, how many lives did I come across mm-hmm. and and that's what you have to look at because otherwise you can get real down on yourself about oh I was so busy all week and I didn't gain anything you have to be really able to and that goes back to what I said earlier you have to be able to self-reflect mm-hmm. and and now I just turned 50 um, this year in June oh. and it's um, I don't know if it comes with that but I've, I've been trying to get a little bit better on self-reflection and looking back and, and saying and looking inward and that's really what I what I think that I, I've gotten better at doing is looking inward and seeing where, you know, maybe five years ago I did this, didn't quite work out, but this is what I'm doing now, and and I and I learned from that. And you have to really be self reflective. I had to learn uh, honestly. Even the listeners here, they might be taking value to what we're saying and what specifically to what you're saying. But realistically speaking, you gotta really experience it before you start reflecting. And that mm-hmm. means you're gonna make some mistakes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like we, we'll be here. We'll be here for a couple of hours when we talk about my mistakes. No, I, legit. <laughs> like you gotta make some mistakes. It's Absolutely. The same thing. Like um, I don't want to bring too much about military stuff in my podcast at all. But I remember one of my sergeants told me, "You never realize that you were about to die in combat until you actually live through it. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta survive it, and then that's when you realize that you were about to die. It's oh, like absolutely. wow, like." I really was going to die. Mm-hmm. You really got to realize, like, you got to survive before you, either you survive and you managed to realize that you were about to die or you just didn't realize at all. And, and quite frankly, you're never going to know because you're just no longer with us kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Like, in order for us to self-reflect, you got to, you made some mistakes. You made some things that could have been a lot easier or maybe more optimal or just more ideal. And when you reflect on it, that's now you can say, man, if I would have done this, 
maybe this. But guess what? Would you would have known? Of course not. Of course not. No. You know now. You know now because you already lived through it. And it's and it's really funny that when you cross that path again of of where you made that mistake before, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to not make. Like you know, it's 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 easier to do what you should have done or made the right decision. And you go, man, that was that was easy. And it all comes from having to have walked that path before. One thousand percent. Because now. I mean, I remember when I was 19 and uh, all these documents, terms and conditions and all this technicality for me, I was like, dude, this is too much. Why do people want to be a business owner? And obviously the passion is what kept you. That's what kept me in the hustle personally. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that I loved the fact that it felt like I was innovating, like I was impacting people's lives directly and, and you only live once. So it really felt like I was making a difference. Meanwhile, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that impact alone was very similar of what, of, of you know, when I was in the service, it was a direct impact in people's lives in a good way, of course, hopefully, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that alone keeps you in it. And now that you, now that we know what, what started the hustle, um, what kept you in it? Like, I know what kept me in it. For me, it was the passion, even though the technicalities was a lot of like, for me, it was a lot of BS. Now I do business writing on the side. So look at how that comes full circle. Like, man, things and conditions, all these documents, that's, this is this is weird, man. Why are we even doing now I'm the one writing it for other people? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it goes full circle. <laughs> it <laughs> does. It does. Well, you know, it, it's it's funny how one thing that it, I know it's cliche, but one thing leads to the other. Mm-hmm. And um with my experience in, in helping manage a particular business for twenty three years and, and I have all these skill sets, um when Novum Cuisine came at the pandemic, my personal chef business. Well, that led to Novum Bean, um, and now that's the coffee business. Well, um, last year, my wife decided to launch uh, her own magazine. It's called Pepper Magazine, and Pepper Magazine is an international magazine that focuses on the arts, culture, and business from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about a year and a half old now. We started June of 2022, Um, and in that... I've met some people since she covers and focuses on artists and small businesses and so forth. That led to me going, wait a minute, there's a need for uh, to, 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 to hone in on the market of people that, that are artists and they want to start a business. Well, artists sometimes don't make the best business people as I've learned and they need guidance. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided, well, Novum Capital can maybe provide uh, the lending tools that may need that these small artists need to to kind of propel into the next level because they have a hobby, they have art, they have things that they can't really turn into a business. And I feel like that's where my skills could lend uh, a helping hand. Um, so the more and more we kind of have been going through this journey, I've been. Um, telling myself there's a new opportunity there and that opportunity is what's keeping me in the hustle what's keeping me to to really take novum corp llc to grow into fulfill what i did back in 2017 when i retired and i sat down with that piece of paper with all those empty circles and then i filled them well now six years later i'm finding that through all these things that we're doing i'm being able to fulfill all the things that i wanted to do and help others at the same time that makes a lot of sense. So you basically, when you talk about that, I wanted to comment on it, but obviously didn't want to interrupt you because, you know, when you're in the heat of passion, yeah. why interrupt? Um, you basically did a soul search. 
Mm-hmm. You did a soul search. You were literally saying, like, what am I interested about? What do I really care about? And realistically, every entrepreneur should be doing that for two reasons. Number one, exactly what you just did. Now you know exactly where you want your business to go, where you want, how you want to build your empire, basically. Mm-hmm. How do you want to build a holding company, build your wealth metrics, and then separate everything and where and why. But also, in a way, is a way to connect with other people so you can expand your business. That's right. And I think that... What, what drives me every day, mm-hmm. and, and to answer your question about why do I stay in the hustle, why do I keep hustling, <clears throat> I'm a big believer mm-hmm. in seeing the end results at the beginning. I can remember a funny story when I played, I was in junior high, I was playing junior high football, and we had a big district championship game coming up that week. Mm-hmm. And every night that week, I played running back, if you could believe it, but every Every night that week before I'd go to bed, I'd lay in bed and I'd close my eyes and I would envision myself having a good game and running certain plays and scoring touchdowns and, and seeing that and vision, you know, making that my vision. Well, the same thing now is like I have a vision of what I want Novum Corp to, to be. And now it's just reverse engineer it and plug in the pieces. And my goal and my, my drive every day is what can I work on today to plug, you know, to work on the puzzle? Because I call it a puzzle. And, you know, fortunately, through my wife's magazine, you know, it's called Pepper Magazine. And uh, the culture part of the magazine, she, she writes stories and it covers stories, uh, human stories from all over the world. And in the year and a half, we've covered so many heart-wrenching, inspirational you know, human stories from all over the world. And I told my wife that in, in five years from now, we will have collected so many different stories that there's got to be a movie in there. And, you know, so I want, we're going to branch off Pepper Magazine and we'll do Pepper Productions. Well, then I'll partner with Novum Live uh, and both of ours. And then we'll, we'll you know, hopefully um, find a few stories. We'll find some writers, write a script, short, short, you know, short film, take it to film festivals, et cetera. So that's where uh, Novum Live and Pepper Productions can can meet. And my wife and I will get a chance to work together on a project. And so those are some visions that, that I have um, that are down the road. But if you don't have those visions, nothing's going to drive you right now every day. You got to have the visions and, and, and look at what what's what's ahead of you to get to that finish line uh the only thing that i took really hardcore to that is when you say reverse engineering because obviously when you having a vision is to start um another reason why i like to do action which you already know all, all about it mm-hmm. is um i don't remember the exact statistics but most people think about starting a business at least once in their life and less than 50 percent actually do it and then even less than 50 percent actually succeed at it and then even less than 50% actually build mm-hmm. an empire out of it. And then it just gets less and less and less and less. It's actually the reason why I started the podcast, because I like hearing their stories, especially knowing how small, because obviously you are surrounded by business owners, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, so every am day. I. So we see it every day. So we feel like we're common. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. It really does feel like where I am at in my life and where you're at in your life it just really feels like we're everywhere because you're in literally in that mm-hmm. circle. And it's actually, there's a there's a study behind it, which I'm not going to talk about it because I don't really know much about it for me to pretend like I know much about it. But basically says like, even people from Harvard, they feel like, like 
that like the bottom 10% they feel like they're the dumbest people within Harvard but guess what you're still in Harvard bro <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah like you're really smart and then you forget like you forget where you're at sometimes like mm -hmm. like I'm really in a really good position same thing with real estate agents some people may feel like they're everywhere but you're forgetting there's still less than 1% of the San Antonio population even less 1% of the entire United States population they're not that common it feels mm -hmm. like we're everywhere but we're not it's really cool stuff. Like if you look at the statistics, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. We're not we're not that common. Mm -hmm. We're not common, bro. Legit. Oh, I know. And I, I don't know it, if that hits you yet, because I remember I felt like we were everywhere, and I started talking to people. Man, entrepreneurship, everybody can do it. You look at the statistics. Uh, what? That makes no sense. There's no way. <laughs> I literally see them every day. That's because you're in the circle. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And. It does take a special, as I'm finding out, take a special person to, to be out there and, and, and swim amongst that, that circle. Yeah. You know, you sometimes have to white knuckle it and, and you're just on that ride. But, you know, I would say to anybody that wants to go on that ride and you have the passion for it, you'll find that it's worth it. Mm hmm Because now there's I, there's no way I could go back to the, that. You know, even though I said before, I... I value that 23 years of, of working for someone and um and it taught me so much now it's it's about putting those things in place and and doing it for myself and my family it's the same thing as buying a car it will piss you off if you have to walk again <laughs> like legit <laughs> yeah. it's like once and honestly i think I, I got a little bit lucky on doing it when i was 19 because mm -hmm. i don't know when i would have started i don't know much because there are times i didn't want to do it again. I just want to get a again, just get an hourly job, relax. Because mm -hmm. you know, we really technically we work twenty four seven. It's a different lifestyle. It's not for everybody. That is one thousand. That's why when I see somebody, man, I just want to get a, like if you just want to be a nine to five and that's your lifestyle and you're happy. Literally nothing wrong with that. I hate those who that says like, oh, they taught us about go to college, get into a business. It's the only way you can make it. No, that's not true at all. You don't need to be a business owner in order for you to make it. You can technically be a 1099 and it's still a different type of hustle. And mm -hmm. you can, like some people just don't want to be the business owner. They just want to sell. They just want to focus on their clients. They don't really want to focus on managing the business, focus about the taxes. They don't want to worry about hiring the management, the growth, the goals. Like they just want to. I know several of them and some of them were my fellow employees as well, where they don't really care about being the business owner at all. It's like, hey, man, just give me the resources and I'll do the rest. Mm -hmm. And I like those people because it benefits me. But at the same time, it shows you that, you know, there's a place for everybody. And there's people in my family. They have a nine to five. They're very happy. They're living well. They got a, either a BMW or Toyota Camry. They're doing very well. And Toyota Camry, like the brand new ones, I think that's a really good position to be. Some people may disagree. Yes, it is. You got a brand new car. You're in a good position in life. Mm -hmm. um, first world problems, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, legit, like, all that combined just tells me, like, you don't need, there's no, like, rat race, in my opinion. There is exist, but they make it more than it really is. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be a business owner. You have to be this in order for you to make it. And that's not true, in my opinion. Some people may disagree, of course, especially the hustlers. They'd be like, nah, man, disagree. Hustle 101. Gotta hustle. Mm, yeah. If that's your objective and that's what it takes, 1,000%. But don't, don't force it. Yeah, and don't force it. And, you know, there are some things that um, have come into my life mm -hmm. that along with my passion and of the things that I want to 
to, to do. Um, you know, when I met my wife now, uh, when I met her in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, she had a little boy that um, uh, was nine at the time, and he's special needs. He's autistic. Um, and fortunately, uh, we have him in the Mac Center, um, which is a, a great uh, Morgan Morgan's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for special needs kids, um, and that's where all his doctors are and 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 everything. But you know, that they that became part of my family. And with a nine to five, um, I couldn't go to all the doctor's appointments and the specialist appointments and all the things that that I think a dad needs to be to go to. You know, I could have my nine to five and I could have that job and then mom can take her, take him to all those doctor's appointments. But it's important for me to be able to go to those doctor's appointments, too. And now with me, you know, kind of having my own show and I can schedule in, hey, I have my son has a doctor's appointment at at this time. And so I can schedule that time off where, you know, I don't have to go and ask the boss, hey, I need to go this. I need to get this day off. And, and, you know, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes you can't take off. Yeah. And uh, I spent 45 years of my life with, you know, not having a family um, because of my previous job. It was just so rigorous. Um, and now that I do, I want to make sure that I'm there for all his doctor's appointments. And, I, and I'm blessed that I'm in a position where now I'm able to go to, to all the, the special things. Dude, I completely agree because right now I can attend to all my kids' appointments and stuff like that. It's flexible. Yeah. 1,000%. I build my own schedule. And you got to have discipline, of course, and you got to be having sure. time management. But that flexibility, just I just don't want to. I just don't want to. Because obviously every time, especially late some jobs, they just got to ask for it. You may or may not get approved. And then mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sorry, I can ask. Like, no, I, I don't. I To be honest with you, that is not for me. Plus, I am that one employee that basically I manage myself and the manager tells me something. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was that guy, literally. He's like, hey. You know, and, and that's kind of one of those blessings that comes, you know, in, in, in somebody's life that helps you make those decisions that, to, to push you in that direction. And every day reinforces why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see my son. I look at him. I love him. I know that we have. And it reinforces me that this is why I need to be doing this is because I can be there when I need to be there. One thousand percent. And so I'm getting to enjoy, even though it, it, it's hard and starting a business and running a business and, and, and establishing those goals and visions and then grinding every day to get there. That's all. As you know, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's hard work. But aside from the money, the payoff is being able to have that flexibility and that freedom to be able to spend time and with your family and um, and, and be there when your family needs you. That's one thousand percent. I agree with you one thousand percent. I have no other comments besides that because of it. Because honestly, you just hit on point. Yeah. What else am I gonna add? <laughs> be cool. Be chill. Uh, what, what is that little saying that everybody buys? Love, laugh, something like that. Yeah. On on yeah. Target. I don't know. That's exactly what I'm gonna say. But right now. Now that we know that, what would be an advice that you would get yourself to your younger version of? Not, not, now that you've been this long, right? Mm-hmm. You say you don't regret about your job. So I, am I going to assume that you're like, hey, man, stay in that job. It will build you. Or what would you give to your younger self now that you are exactly where you're at in life in regards to your businesses? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think I, I would tell my younger self, even though I know I squeezed a lot out of that career, you know, I like to call it the Joe point, you know, 1.0 because now I'm Joe 2.0. But I would tell 
that younger self to, to pay attention a little bit more to the details. Pay a little bit more. I, and I did. And, and, and I, I may be being a little hard on myself, but I think that I may have left a lot on the table of, of the knowledge table. Um, I think in my earlier, now towards the second half of that career, I was picking it. I was picking it up. I'm, I'm talking between you know twenty and twenty six, mm-hmm. probably the the early part of that career. Um, I think I would have I would have not left so much knowledge on the table. I would have paid attention more to the people above me and what they were doing, and watched a little bit closer to the details of of what they were doing. Um, and I think I would have picked up a lot more. Um, I, 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 I believe that actually comes the moment somebody starts entrepreneur. I noticed that pattern. You're not the only one that I know about this. Every time that somebody picks up entrepreneurship, the moment they go back to an hourly job or any type of job, they start looking at things differently because I experienced it the same mm-hmm. way. Every time I get a job, my first thing is like, I, I used to work at Spectrum. Everybody was learning how to do the job. I was the only one actually paying attention to the company policies. I was the only one that was actually mm-hmm. reading them. Why? Because... Maybe I'll write them. Maybe I need them. Maybe one day I would need the same policies to protect myself sure. legally. Yeah. Uh, I was the only one paying attention what software they were using and why they choose that specific software to manage their business. I was paying attention to why they used the SOPs the way they did it. Right. Yeah, I think- so I was looking at things completely different because I knew I was going to go back into the entrepreneur. I knew I was going to go back. I knew I was going to try again. Right. Whether I sold the business, the business failed and did not fail. I only have one that failed, and that was in the in twenty twenty, you know, because mm-hmm. we there was because of COVID nineteen there was no there was no nothing to sell, mm-hmm. and I was not selling anything important. So because of that, unfortunately, I was among the many that did not survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Either your business didn't survive, or a new business started. Yeah, because of it, and like my, and you only like, discovered like, yeah, that by yeah, doing it, by doing it. Yeah, legit. Because I know Airbnb. I did the Airbnb. That was my first, like my first hostel. I know one thing for sure. I'm not interested in that business at all. I can do it, and I'm doing. I'm, I'm bound to do it again as a like maybe like a retirement strategy kind of deal, and maybe it's, but not as my own separate business. Why? Because the occupancy tax and the way it grows is very beautiful. It works out for a lot of people. But it's just not my style. It's not the type that I like the most. It's not the thing that really gets my mm-hmm. gears. Like doing this podcast, I enjoy this podcast ten times. Like even though it's a little bit harder and less profitable than the Airbnb business, well, guess what, dude? I love this ten times than the Airbnb. So, am I happy doing this compared to the Airbnb? Yes. <laughs> but realistically, the way if you see the way I write the policies on the website and stuff like that, all of that started because of that small journey that I did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And all it did is just doing it, and then you realize stuff. You only realize it once you live through it, remember? And that little advice that you're giving to yourself, I feel it 1,000% among many other individuals that I know that every time they look back into it, they're like, man, I should really pay attention more to my employer, or I should have really paid attention the way the business that I used to work for that made me want to do my own business based upon the same industry, I should have paid attention more to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And... But what would be another advice? I know, I know, it's, I know it's difficult. Trust me. But what would be another one? Just, just out of like, okay, the juice. <laughs> I think also ask more questions. What kind of questions? You know, I ask more questions as to the why. The why? Yeah, you know, I, I heard somewhere once before that when we're 
between the ages of two and three is when we'll, we learn the most, and it's because we always ask why. And then, at some, and then at some point in our life, we, we decide that we're, that we're too old or we're too mature to, to ask why. Why, is that, why are they doing it that way? Or why does this happen? And I think that if I would have asked the question why a little bit more to those around me and to people who I looked up to, I think I would have learned a lot more. That would be a really good advice. And I hope the listeners here can really think about that. Because one of my favorite things to do is we learn from our mistakes, but that doesn't mean that it has to be yours. That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, observe, pay attention. Yeah, learn from his mistakes. <laughs> Don't pay attention to mine, though. I'll get self-conscious. <laughs> we have plenty of them. We have plenty of them. Oh, no, we do. Everybody does. And realistically speaking, it's, it's, you just don't don't be afraid of it. I've done so many. Even starting this podcast, I did my own mistakes that I didn't even know about. It's what it is. I should have done the website a lot sooner. I should have done this a lot sooner. I should have done the more things into the hopper and pre-edit them than before I actually, because there's advices that I got and I didn't even listen because I just was excited. Unfortunately, we got to pay attention to what others are telling you within the industry. And now that we know more about your private cuisine, now we know more about what you want to grow and stuff like that and more about your wife. I, honestly, now that I think about it, we should have probably brought her in here with you. Just like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Just bring the both of you here because that would have been badass. And But um, what you might call it, what would be a way to reach you? The best way to get a hold of me um, would probably be through um, probably through Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, the Jag Enterprises, which is um, at Jag dot Enterprises. That's J A G dot Enterprises. Um, if you're trying to get a hold of me uh, for private dining, that would be um, at Novum N O V E M dot Cuisine, um, and those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Okay, and then. Anything else you want to promote? We're about to be in the, uh, the end of the podcast. It's about to be literally in the end. So anything you want, you got thirty seconds to promote anything. It doesn't have to be about your business. It could be about it can be about anything at all. Well, it is about uh, our magazine, Pepper Magazine. I just want to congratulate my wife and our staff all around the world. We have thirteen staff members uh, from Austin, Texas, New York City, Washington D.C., Germany, London, England. Uh, um, three in Africa and New Zealand. Uh, these are all writers and photojournalists that are on our staff. Uh, so we want to thank them. And uh, we just received the Texas Fashion Industry Award uh, of Magazine of the Year for the second year in a row. Uh, so even in um, only being a year and a half old, uh, I'm really proud of Pepper Magazine. It's growing. So if you have a chance, um, the Instagram is at hello.peppermagazine on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow. Um, you, you can subscribe, get a digital subscription for $3. You can also order a print issue. Um, it's a very, very, uh, very, very good magazine. It it's covers everything around the world that you might want to learn about. That's really cool. I'm actually tempted to check it out which we're probably going to do right after this episode. So <laughs> other than that, guys, I appreciate so much for listening to Born to Hustle podcast. I am your host, Roham Karyan, and I appreciate and I thank Joe Gomez so much for coming on and giving value and, and talking about what started his house or what kept him in it. And as well, what advice would it be? Um, most likely when I bring him back, I feel like he has multiple businesses. So in the future, we're going to talk more in depth about it or more most likely it's going to be in our Patreon. We're going to have some exclusive content. So I think that's what we're going to do with him because... 
I feel like he has a lot, lot more wisdom to share. <laughs> thank so, you. No, you definitely do, buddy. So it's my pleasure that. being here. Hoorah. So other than that, guys, thank you so much for coming in. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hoorah. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.